You are listening to a sermon preached at the First Christian Church of St. Ignatius in St. Ignatius, Montana. For more information, you can visit us at www.firstchristiansti.org. See how that goes. They already took the money, so we're good. That's right. I have to say this is probably one of the farthest places I've traveled to get to preach. Uh, just a little under 1,800 miles uh, to get here. Uh, we did fly this time. Last time I was here, when we dropped Brittany and Ethan on, we drove that bad boy. That's a lot of driving in December, uh, but it was great. We enjoyed the trip. Uh, we miss them, but we know uh, it's a great ministry here. What I want to talk about this morning is a simple concept when you think about it. But it's a hard concept, maybe, to grab a hold of. And that is our meaning in life or our purpose in life. Rick Warren wrote the big book, Purpose Driven Person, The Purpose Driven Church, The Purpose Driven Everything. And he wanted us to get the idea that we have this purpose. But when you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, and you kind of read those few first verses, man, you're thinking, holy cow, this is what life is about. I mean, just listen to verses 2 through 4 of chapter 1. The writer says, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What does man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains Forever. He even goes on talks about the sun. It rises in one part, goes down the other, goes right back around again and rises again. Just keeps doing these things. Somebody put it this way. He talks about vanity and nonsense and uselessness. Nothing really changes. We're getting nowhere. It's weary. We're tired. It's boring. And even, it's utterly boring. We're never satisfied. We're never content. There's nothing new under the sun, just the same old thing. He describes it like somebody trying to chase wind. If you ever seen anybody do that, it's kind of funny. It's like a dog chasing its tail. And what's funny is when it never does, but it finally does it one time, and it's shocked that it happened. So when you read through this and you find this stuff is meaningless, just not meaningless, utterly meaningless, it's depressing, isn't it? Glad you came to church this morning, aren't you? We're going to lighten it up, I promise. What the writer is doing is describing a life without meaning. What it's like to have a life without a purpose. And when we don't understand what the real meaning of life is, if we don't know the point of all, that's kind of how it feels. We're just going in circles. Maybe we're just getting the job done, but we just kind of do it, but we don't like it. But yeah, it's done. Not well, but done. I want you to understand before I get started into this, as we find our purpose and hope we find our meaning and what God wants for us, there's going to be people in our life, and I hate to say it, even people in our churches, Christians, who believe it's their God-given spiritual gift to be negative. Okay? It's their God-given gift to tell you what's wrong with you. They're going to walk in the room, they're going to find something wrong. They're going to, I can pick on my daughter. I haven't done that for a long time. They're going to, they're going to hear, well, she played that note wrong. And I knew she did because she gave a look, and I know the look. But you know what? That's not what it's about. I remember when I was in high school, I had an English teacher. And 
I was not good at English, okay? I hated English, and she flunked me in English my junior year. That meant I couldn't play football my senior year. I'm, well, okay. So I went to a college class at Purdue University, English. Passed it with an A-. minus. Changed classes, was great. I say that for this. I've been an EMT and a firefighter, was for 30-some years, did the firefighting thing, did the EMT thing, worked in a hospital in Lafayette. It was a big hospital. We got a call to go to another hospital about three counties away to pick up a patient, bring her back to this place. We'd travel up there, running license sirens. We were going to travel back, license sirens, walk in, get to paperwork. Guess who it is? My English teacher. The look on her face when she recognized who it was, that this kid that couldn't pass English, was now had her life in my hands. Luckily, I was a student at that time, a paramedic student, so I had another person with me. I think that helped a little bit, but just me and I had back of that ambulance with her, she's going, this is not good. <laughs> but there's people that's going to want to do that for you. And you see, it's one of those things that we talk about purpose, we talk about our meaning, we talk about things that God wants us to do. I've done both for 35 years now. I've just quit the fire part and the EMT part, but I was always preaching and doing fire, preaching and doing EMT, and people wondered how that all worked together, but you know what? It worked out very well. My very first ambulance run was a suicide. My first nine runs was suicides and or fatalities. I'm going back to my boss and thinking, I'm not sure I'm wanting to do this very much longer. But then things started to turn. It was a few weeks later, I actually had another job where I was working on an ambulance where I had hundreds of people under me as I was working. I mowed the cemetery, but that's beside the point. (laughs) But I got a call. I got a call. The ambulance was going to another town, and it had been a suicide attempt, and they wanted me to go because they wanted extra hands. And as we're working on this young lady who had shot herself, she goes, I want to talk to a preacher. I need to talk to a minister. And my best friend in high school was with me. He was my partner. And he goes, well, you're in luck. There's one at your feet right now. We just switched. And what I learned over the next couple weeks as I took her to the hospital and went and visited her, she was going to church, but this church was telling her she had demons and the people were trying to get her and they wouldn't help her. And she finally borrowed a rifle, put it right here at her heart. And as she reached down with a wooden spoon, it slid over and it shot her in the lung. And she survived. Today, she's in church, still serving still worshiping one of our churches. And I caught right there, that's my purpose. I've seen a lot of people die, but I've also seen babies come into the world. I've held people's hands. I've done all those things. And you know what? I didn't have to preach. And one of the best things that I ever had when I was preaching in a little church and working full-time in a hospital on an ambulance, my nickname in the ER with the doctors was Preacher Kurt or the Rev. And when I was working, if somebody passed away, I had to go with the doctor to tell the family that somebody died. Hated that job, but it taught me how to do it. And sometimes just being there with them helped. You see, when we look at these things in Ecclesiastes, he actually gives us five tragic consequences to a life without God's purpose. So I want to encourage you this morning as we go through these things, not to look at the negative, but look at the positive, because people are always going to give you the negative. They're going to want you to see what's wrong with you, why you can't do it. And they're going to say, you cannot accomplish that in life. You will never do that. When somebody told me that, daggone it, I was going to do it. I was going to accomplish it. But understand, it's not what people say you can do. What is it? It's what God 
says you can do. And God has a purpose for your life. The first thing he says in verses 2 through 4, it's in your outline. I gave you the answers already, so you don't have to worry about writing it down. Larry's going to fall asleep because he used to write notes when he's at West Liberty. But it's okay. Number one is life is useless if we don't have meaning, we don't have purpose. He says life is useless, all useless. You spend your life working, but you do not have anything to show for it. The world, this world, just stays the same. Folks, if there's no purpose in life, why don't we just sleep through it? Some of you got in at 1.30 this morning. We'd rather be sleeping through this. But hold on. We're going to get through this. Or we say, well, now let somebody else do it. If nothing really matters, why bother? Why worry about it? Life seems useless if I don't see a purpose in it. He just doesn't say it's useless, but it's tiresome. If we don't see a goal, we can't accomplish something. Man, it's tiresome. We're just going in circles. He says in 5 and 8 through 8, the sun rises and it goes down. The wind blows around and around and comes back again. Everything leads to weariness. And that's what happens when we don't know, when we don't understand our purpose in life. We just go in circles. But he also says this. He says life is unfulfilling. Verse 8, it says, no matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we're not content. It's the same point. It's, it's pointless. It's useless. We don't see a point to something. We get restless. We don't see a point. Man, we want to do something else. We want to go here, go there. But we're still not content. We see it in our churches. We have people in our churches who aren't content with who God is in their life. And what happens when they're not content? They come late, they leave early, and they're never happy. It's these people who have lemon juice and prune juice mixed for breakfast every morning. And you can tell it on their face. But they're there. We're not content. We can't even get up and change the TV channels where we use the clickers, right? And they say that within our lifetime, we will change channels 325,000 times in our life. I figure that's half for the women and doubled for the guys, the way it works. But in fact, we get restless when we don't see a point to something. It's useless, tiresome, and unfulfilling. But also, he says, it's insignificant. If we don't have a purpose, if we don't have a meaning, life is insignificant. He says, no one remembers what happened in the past. And no one in days to come will remember what happens between now and then. What he's saying is everything is fleeting. It comes it goes. You break a record, it won't last very long. I'm going to tell you something. Back in 1984, 35 years ago, I set the long jump record from my high school. 21 feet, two and a half inches, and it still stands today. But you know what? I go back to Seager High School and referee basketball and football now. I walk into the gym. You know what people say when they see me walk in? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Why? Because they don't know who I am. They don't remember who I was 35 years ago. Now, some people do, but they don't care. But you know what I do when I walk into that gym and my name's on that big board up there? I got a picture of it on my phone. But to other people, they don't care. It's meaningless to them. Another record that I hold. And again, people don't care. When I was a senior in high school, it was 110 degrees outside. Our first football game of the year. 110 before the heat index. It's horrible. But I ran an interception back 110 yards. I got video proof of it. 
Back in even that day, we had video, baby. Today, again, nobody cares. I do, but nobody else does. There's surety in obscurity. But we can't worry about that. So many people want the fame. So many people want the name. So many people want, you know, as a minister, we want the big churches. We want the mega churches. We want to do all those things. You know what? This right here is just as much of a church as the mega churches. Now, don't get me wrong. I love our mega churches. We have family from Southeast here. I've been to Willow Creek, 20,000 people on a weekend. That's great stuff. But you know what? This is family. Okay, you're not obscure. People know who we are. Nobody's really going to remember us all that long. We all want to be significant, but it always doesn't happen. I mean, you want to be significant? Go back to your class reunion. I've been to one. It was the same thing as it was in high school. This group over here, the group over here, we never mingled. Okay? It's amazing why it happens. So many things you can't control. In fact, the most important things in life are the things we can't control. We can't control when we're born. We can't control always where we live. We don't control when we're going to die or where we're going to die. But those are okay. We can't control most of the things between now and what really matters. So understand this. You can't control people. You can't make them love you. You can't keep them loving you. All kinds of things like that we cannot control. But Ecclesiastes says, that's what happens when you don't understand the purpose. He says it's useless. It's tiresome. It's unfulfilling. It's insignificant. It's uncontrollable. It's interesting, I think, when you look at so many themes in the movies and books, you see it over and over again. Without a real purpose, without God's purpose, life is pointless. Without God's purpose, life is nothing. And we need to get a hold of that. There's even people, famous psychiatrists in the world that says this, I don't know the meaning of the purpose of life, but it looks as if something were meant by it. I don't know the meaning. Somebody else wrote this, as far as I can tell, life has no special or intrinsic meaning or purpose. Or somebody said this, in the cosmic scene, I see neither meaning nor purpose. You know what, this morning I hope, we're sitting here. I hope you have meaning. I hope you have a purpose. And I truly hope that God gives us a God-given purpose in our life. But others think that the purpose of life is pleasure. I mean, come on, let's have pleasure. Let's have fun. Let's have a party. Let's go do all these things. We're going to maximize pleasure, but we're going to minimize pain. Others think that the purpose of life is to acquire. Let's see how much I can get. Let's see what I can store up on this earth. Let's see if all the goodies and the prizes that I can get. But so many times, that still doesn't make us happy. Somebody said this, the one who dies with the most toys, what? Uh-uh, they're still dead. <laughs> you can win with all the toys in the world, but when you die, you're dead. Folks simply believe in the world today that there's no meaning in life. And there's a lot of people who live by that. Somebody wrote, there's no point to life, and that's what makes it so special. With no meaning? I mean, come on. Sometimes it's the little things in life. You can ask Ethan and Brittany. One of the first things I wanted to do when I got to Montana was what? I wanted donuts from the windmill. <laughs> this is my fourth trip here, first time for windmill donuts. Worth the wait. 
okay? That was one of the things that I want. So many times when we look at the meaning, so many times when we look at what God's word has to say, sometimes they don't mesh. We understand that. But if we have a God-given purpose, anything we do is going to be able to accomplish God's will in our life. Come right down to it. In our life, there's only really three options. You can live as, as if there is no purpose for our life. There's no real meaning. You can try to create your own purpose for your life, or we can go to the owner's manual. We can go to God's word and find what that true meaning is. But like I said, most people live like there's no real purpose at all. So many times we find good stuff. So many times we look at people and we say, man, they have it all. They've got it made. Lee Iacocca, who knows who that is? Headed Ford. He was famous for what? The Mustang? The K car and the Pinto. Anybody own a Pinto? Did it catch fire? Like a lot of them? Lee Iacocca wrote this. He says, here I am in the twilight years of my life, still wondering what it's all about. I can tell you this, fame and fortune is for the birds. Lee Iacocca died July 2nd, 2019. You know what? Everything he did, most people won't remember. But he was a great guy. He did a lot of good stuff. Folks, that's tragic. The only wise way to find your purpose is to go to the owner's manual. It's to see what God has for us. Proverbs 16 says, the Lord has made everything for his purpose. So we were created for his purpose. We were created for a reason. We were created to do something for God. And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, that I don't care what it is God has for you. If it's for God, it's going to be a positive You've heard me say I've done a lot of things in my 55 years of life. I've tried to do everything God-centered. I really have. I referee football and basketball now because I wanted a job where you don't get yelled at. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, there's times I've got to bite my tongue. But I've got to whistle my mouth, so that helps. And the greatest thing is, all I have to do to somebody, if they're giving me trouble in the crowd, I just go up and go. And they have to leave. <laughs> That's power right there, folks. <laughs> That's authority. Usually get chewed out later, but that's what it is. Jesus said, don't store up treasures here on earth. I mean, why would we? where they can be eaten by moths and get rusty, where thieves break in and still store your treasures in heaven where it really matters, where they really come together, where it's really going to add up, where moths cannot eat it or it cannot rust, where it'll be safe from the thieves. Folks, it's about now. It's about us preparing for eternity. By what we do now, we're getting ready for heaven. See, I can't see a God saying, just sit back on earth. Stay in your padded church pews. Stay within the air conditioning or the heat. Stay, stay comfortable. Because when you get to heaven, you're not going to do anything anyway. You're just going to get to go to heaven, walk the golden streets, play a little golf. You know, I don't think so. I think what we're doing here now, our purpose, our meaning, that's just the appetizer to what's going to happen in heaven one day. It's getting us ready to spend millions and gazillions of years in heaven serving God. 
But why would we want to, or why would he want us to, if we're not willing to do it here? So many times we look at our troubles. We look at what's happening. We, look at, we listen to what other people tell us. People will tell us that we can't do this and we can't do that. You will never succeed at this. You will never succeed at that. And if we listen to that, what's going to happen? You're probably not. You're probably not going to accomplish all those things because we want to listen to this. But I've also known people that take it to the extreme where they remind themselves daily. I knew a minister that did this because his desk was full of it when I took over. You are a good person. He had that written all over the place. Or he'd say, what you're doing today is God's work. Now, I'm not saying that's all bad. Because I think he had a lot of people doing the negative. But what we have to do is listen to what God is telling us. So no matter what we do, this is what I want you to get. No matter what we do, I don't care if you're at a mission trip here in Montana, if you're going back home to do work in your church, or if you're working with kids, you're doing all these things. Whatever you do, use your time in view of eternity. That's what makes the difference. That's what makes all the difference in the world. We had a busy week. I've had a busy three weeks. I've been to camp. I've been to CIY. I had a week off before we came here. I still was in the office, but you know what the greatest thing was before I flew out on Friday? Monday morning, I got to go to Hanging Rock Camp and baptize one of our young men at the camp pool. He had been to VBS. He and his grandma hadn't missed church for three weeks, and I got to baptize him. I don't know about you. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. In fact, I brought his, he and his grandmother into my office the day before because I wanted to talk to him. I wasn't sure where he was at. And I asked him, like, what does it mean to you when I ask you what's going, what's going to happen when you're baptized? He gave me this answer that I sat there and I'm going, holy cow, this junior high kid got it. He had it better than a lot of adults I know. But he had it. I was so honored to, to baptize him. Now I'm honored to get to preach for him and hopefully teach him in uh, junior church and different things. But you see, when we have it in light of eternity, you're going to use your gifts, you're going to use your talents to serve God, whether here or at home or no matter where you're at. But also I'm going to use my talents in view of eternity. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, use every part of your body to give glory back to God. So we use our talents, but we also use our treasure. The treasures that we have. Maybe you've been watching the stock market the last few years. It's been a wild ride and we want to invest safely. We want to do those things. But, you know, one day when we die, it's only a matter of time because we're all terminal, right? It's only a matter of time. There's going to be a day of exchange. We're going to exchange this life for the next life. And it doesn't make any difference how much you've earned, how much you've saved, how much you've gotten. Because the same people go in the same kind of casket in the same size hole. It doesn't matter. But what does matter is have we used our talents, our purpose, our meaning to give God the glory? My question for us this morning is simply this. Have we? Have we? I mean, how are you doing? We're ready for lunch. I get that. We're ready to go do something. I get that. But let me close with this. Are we ready? Are we really ready to look at who we are? And begin to start listening to God and let God say, okay, this is what I want you to do. 
And I'm going to tell you, it won't be a straight road. It won't be a straight line. He may have you doing this over here, doing this over here. You may be wondering, scratching your head like working with Rick. What's he going to have me do today? You know. But no matter what it is, no matter what it is, at the end of the day, if you can lay your head down and give God the praise and the glory and the honor, no matter what it was, it's a God-given talent. It's a God-given purpose. This morning as we come to this invitation time, and I realize a lot of times when I stand in front of people and I get to this point, much like Tom that preaches and all these people, we know we're preaching to the choir. And I understand probably most of us here have been baptized or been talked to about it. So it may not be about accepting Christ as baptism, but maybe it's time that we start looking at ourselves and saying, you know what I'm doing? It's not what God wants. I'm not giving God the praise and the glory. Because I'm going to tell you right now, one quick last story. 30 years of EMS, 30 years of fire. Yeah, riding fire trucks were cool. Lights and sirens going down the road or in parades and all those things. And walking out of an ER after helping somebody. In 35 years, I had three saves where somebody was dead doing CPR. We brought them back, and they walk out of the hospital a few days later. I had three. A lot of people say, you weren't very good, were you? That's awesome, actually, three people. But you know what? I know today they don't know my name. They don't remember Kurt. But what I do know is what I did, what I was able to do. And I thank God every day that I could do it. I really do. What are you doing for God? Yeah, you're serving. But are we serving with the right heart, the right attitude, the right motives? See, this morning as we seen this invitation, I'm going to invite you up to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've not done so, that's your first step. To be baptized with him, to rise and walk a new life with him. That's what God desires. He wants that relationship. Maybe it's for membership with this church, to join this church and what it's striving to do to reach out to people. But maybe right here, right now, first and foremost, is to find your purpose. To find your God-given purpose. Let's stand and sing this invitation hymn. If you have a decision, please come.